who would not be outdone in gifts, perhaps twenty dogs or horses. Certainly presents of far richer worth, as these pretended donors knew well enough, and that their false presents were but the putting out of so much money at large and speedy interest. In this way Lord Lucius had lately sent to Timon a present of four milk-white horses trapped in silver, which this cunning lord had observed Timon upon some occasion to commend, and another, Lord Lucullus, had bestowed upon him in the same pretended way of free gift a brace of greyhounds, whose make and fleetness Timon had been heard to admire. These presents the easy-hearted lord accepted without suspicion of the dishonest views of the presenters, and the givers, of course, were rewarded with some rich return, a diamond or some jewel of twenty times the value of their false and mercenary donation. Sometimes these creatures would go to work in a more direct way, and with gross and palpable artifice, which yet the credulous Timon was too blind to see, would affect to admire and praise something that Timon possessed, a bargain that he had bought, or some late purchase, which was sure to draw from this yielding and soft-hearted lord a gift of the thing commended, for no service in the world done for it but the easy expense of a little cheap and obvious flattery. In this way, Timon but the other day had given to one of these mean lords the bay courser which he himself rode upon, because his lordship had been pleased to say that it was a handsome beast and went well, and Timon knew that no man ever justly praised what he did not wish to possess. For Lord Timon weighed his friend's affection with his own, and so fond was he of bestowing that he could have dealt kingdoms to these supposed friends and never have been weary. Not that Timon's wealth all went to enrich these wicked flatterers. He could do noble and praiseworthy actions. And when a servant of his once loved the daughter of a rich Athenian, but could not hope to obtain her by reason that in wealth and rank the maid was so far above him, Lord Timon freely bestowed upon this servant three Athenian talents to make his fortune equal with the dowry which the father of the young maid demanded of him who should be her husband. But for the most part, knaves and parasites had the command of his fortune. False friends, whom he did not know to be such, but because they flocked around his person, he thought they must needs love him, and because they smiled and flattered him, he thought surely that his conduct was approved by all the wise and good. And when he was feasting in the midst of all these flatterers and mock friends, when they were eating him up and draining his fortunes dry with large draughts of richest wines, drunk to his health and prosperity, he could not perceive the difference of a friend from a flatterer. But to his deluded eyes, made proud with the sight, it seemed a precious comfort to have so many like brothers commanding one another's fortunes, though it was his own fortune which paid all the costs and with joy they would run over at the spectacle of such as it appeared to him truly festive and fraternal meeting. But while he thus outwent the very heart of kindness, and poured out his bounty as if Plutus the god of gold had been his steward, while thus he proceeded without care or stop, so senseless of expense that he would neither inquire how he could maintain it, nor cease his wild flow of riot, His riches, which were not infinite, must needs melt away before a prodigality which knew no limits. But who should tell him so? His flatterers? They had no interest in shutting his eyes. 
In vain did his honest steward Flavius try to represent to him his condition, laying his accounts before him, begging of him, praying of him, with an importunity that on any other occasion would have been unmannerly in a servant, beseeching him with tears to look into the state of his affairs. Timon would still put him off and turn the discourse to something else, for nothing is so deaf to remonstrance as riches turned to poverty. Nothing is so unwilling to believe its situation, nothing so incredulous to its own true state, and hard to give credit to a reverse. Often had this good steward, this honest creature, when all the rooms of Timon's great house have been choked up with riotous feeders at his master's cost, when the floors have wept with drunken spilling of wine, and every apartment has blazed with lights and resounded with music and feasting, often had he retired by himself to some solitary spot, and wept faster than the wine ran from the wasteful casks within, to see the mad bounty of his lord and to think when the means were gone which brought him praises from all sorts of people how quickly the breath would be gone of which the praise was made praises